Okay, live from Los Angeles, the Irish NFL show. Delighted to have some, some great guests on this show today. Ron Rivera, Wade Phillips. This next guy doesn't really need an introduction, an introduction because if you see him on Twitter, watch him in ESPN, NFL Live, Dan Arvosky, man, it's Dan, it's brilliant to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's good to be with you guys. Thank you for that introduction, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk some football. Yes, sir. And we ask every US-based guest is at least, have you ever been to Ireland? Have you any Irish heritage? Because Colin was asking Joey yeah. B this week and he, he, he's got a little Irish himself, it's in. Yeah, I have been to Ireland. I've been to Ireland actually on St. Patrick's Day in Temple Bar District. Um, my wife, um, her mother's maiden name is McFarland. Um, so we did the whole Scotland and Ireland thing uh, probably a dozen years ago. I uh, had an absolute blast. We had a, we had a good day on St. Patrick's Day for sure. Yes, in Patrick's Day in uh, Temple Bar would certainly be uh, memorable, Dan. Yeah. Now, now I suppose, um, look, one of the, the things that uh, this year you have become uh, very famous for is uh, being the maybe the, the founding member of the, the Matthew Stafford cl fan club. Um, but this has been going on for years. This has not just begun this year. I think it's getting the attention given yeah. that Matthew Stafford is, is with the Rams. But, you know, if you do your research, you were talking up Matty Stafford in 2015, 2016. Can you talk to us just a little bit about Matthew Stafford, uh, the person, and Matthew yeah. Stafford, the, the quarterback. Yeah, I think the person is, is probably the part that gets lost in the conversation the most. Um, he's a quiet, reserved guy, so he doesn't like to be kind of the center of attention, which is crazy because the, on the football field, he loves to be the center of attention, certainly in big moments. You know, the, the best way for me to describe him is to kind of share some of the stories of my interactions with him. You know, I remember sitting there talking with him one time and he was telling us about kind of um, just like his football journey. So he grew up in Highland Park, Texas, which is a pretty big area of Texas when it comes to high school football right near the Cowboys. And he was telling us the story. We asked him like, hey, man, like, why did you commit to Georgia and University of Georgia where he went to school? And he was just like, honestly, I committed to Georgia because I got so sick and tired of the recruiting process. And he basically was saying, like, he, he got so tired of people fawning over him and telling him how good he was. He was just like, listen, I'm just going to Georgia, you know, because, like, the question was, how did, how did the Texas boy not go to Texas? And he was like, I just wanted, I just wanted it to be over. Um, and it just kind of gives the example of, you know, the type of – he doesn't like that kind of, Matthew, you're so good um, attention. Another story that he was sharing with us was when he was at Georgia – uh, he was a sophomore and they played on the road versus the University of Tennessee and they lost. And his dad came on to him after the game on the field, put his arm around him. He's like, all right, it's all right, Matthew, we'll get him next time. And uh, he looked up at his dad and said, there will be no next time. You know, meaning I'm a sophomore. We play them at home next year when I'm a junior. I'm not going to be back here next time. I'm going to the NFL. And so he's had that vision for a long time. And, you know, we were watching tape, I think in like 2014, 2015, one time with him. And uh, he fit this throw into a really small window, like four guys are around. He's, and it wasn't a game-winning situation. It was just a random, you know, normal down and distance play. And he fits this ball into a window 25 yards downfield. And I remember, you know, play, watching the tape with them and fast forward, rewind, and I'm like, Matthew, why? You know, and I'm like, there's an underneath receiver at eight yards wide open. No one's near him. And your guy's 25 yards downfield and you're trying to fit the ball. And now you do, but why? Why? Like, why won't you take this? easier throw and he looked at me he said because you can't you know and that's the type of player he is and it wasn't like this disrespectful thing but he was like I want to make that throw because people like you can't and people like me can and I think he relishes trying to do those really really difficult things physically and uh 
he's um I, I I've always said he's got the ability to be two people at one time you know like he inherently unquestionably knows that he is the guy like he is the franchise quarterback he is the alpha male but at the same time just has always wanted to be a guy just wants to be one of the 53 he wants to fit in and he loves being in that kind of role and uh, I think that's one of his rare unique qualities so Dan um you mentioned about Matthew Stafford that's Sticking with the Rams for a second, um, Sean McVay, I mean, you were there at the, if you like, the inception of his birth as a head coach. I mean, you were very briefly on the practice squad there at the Rams in 2017. I'm just curious of your thoughts on both Sean McVay then and what he's become now. I mean, Collins alluded to in press conferences, like he's got no tree of a coaching tree there. But mm-hmm. uh, you, would you have imagined that back in 2017 when you, you first engaged him? Oh, for sure. You know, the, the honestly, the first team meeting that we were in, I leaned over to Jared Goff and I said, you're going to be fine, you know, because Sean was just so brilliant. I think the fascinating thing about Sean then and then really the Super Bowl journey that he went on a couple of years ago with Jared Goff and to where he is now is, you know, Sean realized I'm part of this offense, this Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak offense that has you know, been around the NFL for 40 years and it's been awesome for 40 years, but it really hasn't evolved and it hasn't needed to. You know, it's, it's, it's been such a staple. And Sean realized, I love this offense, but it's not good enough for me to win a Super Bowl with. And that's why I think he's, he's, what he's done is he's taken some of the play-action pass concepts from that offense and made them drop back concepts. And, and now that he's gotten a guy like Matthew that he can do that with, that's why that pass game has become so vertically developed and it's become such a big deal is Sean realized for them to go win a Super Bowl, he loved the stuff of it, but he needed to grow it. And that's why we've seen them go a little bit away from the play action game and a little bit more to the drop back game, but still be able to create those chunks in the pass game. Just one last quick fire round here, Dan, if that's okay. For me, in Ireland, we say it's good crack if something's fun. And look, we've had Mina on the show. We've been so fortunate to have her on the show in the off season. And yourself, Mina, Laura, Marcus, everyone seems to have great crack on NFL Live. Uh, also, you're in Disneyland at the minute. What makes it so special? Because I love, like, I mean, we, we don't really have the chance to watch it live here, but just like on social, seeing the post, it's fantastic, man. What makes the show special, like this crew? Um, you know, I think there's a couple of things, guys. I think, first of all, we all legit are friends. Like, we all, we're, we're fortunate in that regard. I've known Marcus, you know, Marcus and I were drafted in the same year in the NFL, 2005. So we're talking 17 plus years. Um, you know, Ryan Clark has got the reputation of, as a player, and, and we've known Ryan for 15 plus years from playing against them. Laura is as selfless as a host as you can be, really. I mean, she just she does not care to be part of the attention, so to speak. She's so good and she's phenomenal at bouncing stuff off. And I think Mina's flat out brilliant. I think you know um, the strength of Mina is is she's never allowed the fact that she didn't play football scare her away from saying things that she was convicted about. She's brilliant. She's super smart. All that. I know a lot of smart people. She's never allowed that to, to scare her away from saying things. She's also never stopped trying to learn, you know, the things that we know. She, I, I, hundreds of text messages that, that she has sent to me. Hey, what does this mean? What do you mean by this? Hey, I heard you say this. What do you mean? Or, Hey, I saw this. Am I seeing it right? So, you know, that is great. And then we, we, we just have a, 
real genuine love for each other. I think we're all very aware though, too, of like the pocket that we're in right now, you know, and, and how special what we, we've all worked in television and how, how special this group is. And Ryan said something at the beginning of the year that probably is the greatest reason why um, the amount of respect that we have for each other and what that person is saying and the work that they had to put in to say what they're saying is huge because then it allows you to listen and hear the things that they're saying. And that's a rarity in television. Um, and I, I think that's why we, yeah, and I, it's, it's a, it's a, it is a blessing and a joy to go to work with them every day. And it doesn't feel like work. It truly feels like we're just chopping it up. And I think a lot of us would tell you this. We, those people are family, you know, those, we grew up in team sports. Those people are family to us. Dan, I suppose the the other QB is going to be a talking point this um, this weekend. I, Joe Burrow, he's faced adversity in college and he he, mm -hmm. he overcame it. He comes into the league. He has a major knee injury, and here he is in his thirtieth game playing in a Super Bowl. As a as a former QB and a QB analyst. What do you make of uh, Joey B, Joe Cool, or whatever the, he's going by uh, on this particular day? Yeah, he, Joe has that rare um, 0.001% mindset of he's an assassin. He's trying to embarrass you on the football field. You know, Joey and John just beat you. He's trying to embarrass you um, while also never allowing his post to elevate. You know, he's never, he never allows the moment to become too big for him where his heart rate to go, starts to go up or his pulse starts to go up and, and elevates. He's just very calm. And uh, while also having that mindset, I call college football for, for ESPN. And a couple of years ago, I did the national title game when it was LSU versus Clemson and it was Trevor Lawrence versus Joe. And I was, I, I love Trevor Lawrence. I think the world of him. And, and I was very much so a Trevor Lawrence guy in that game, going into that game. I did the mega cast on ESPN two ports. So we were down on the field level and I'm watching this game and I'm just taking it all in from Burrow. And I just remember thinking to myself after the game, that's the guy like that. That's the dude. And that dude is a stone cold killer. Just the way he carried himself from the first start of that, from the start of that game to the last play of that game. And um, I think it's carried over. Uh, I think he's got um, ultra confidence confidence that is that borderline cockiness um he 100 is driven by ego he just doesn't have an ego problem um and i think that joe joe and i said this for him coming out of college he does all the things that are most important quarterbacking wise and so he's not six foot six 250 pounds and runs at four four but he does all the things so well ball placement accuracy anticipation where do i have to throw where do i throw this ball when do i throw it how do i throw it? what kind of throw should, should it be and i think he, he just has that that skill set um and i'm i'm excited to watch him you know try to again do the impossible so to speak against the, a defense that should have success against him but that's been the case for weeks now Dan, um, one of the things uh, that's very clear from your Twitter bio is you're, you've got a good personality. You can, you know, take the mick out of yourself, as we say over here. I mean, I think you say play, uh, end zone should be 11 yards deep. Um, but one of the other aspects that comes through loud and clear, I would say, that we see all the way through the season is the spirit and the detail of your analysis, which really takes everyone into the nuances behind the plays, which only when you break down the coaches feel film do you see that those detailed nuances and especially with your experience uh, as a quarterback in the league I'm just curious both teams potentially about their first choice tight end both teams everyone talks about the big name players 
But what are the nuances you're noting going into tomorrow's game that maybe are going unsaid or unnoticed that you think people should be looking out for and how they're going to approach yeah. it? Yeah, it's a great question. I could give you a couple from kind of each side of the ball for each team. You know, I think Cincinnati offensively, how many different ways can they get Joe Mixon the ball in their screen game? You know, the, the Rams are great defensively, uh, but they do not defend the screen pass well. And it's not only your traditional quarterback drop, catch the ball, or drop back three steps, look this way, then throw a screen that way. It's They've got these multitudes of screens. Um, sometimes they're slip screens that happen quickly. Sometimes they're, um, you know, play action screens that get defenses running out of there and then you get it out in space a little bit. The perimeter. So I think the multitude of screens to a guy like Joe Mixon against some, uh, you know, a Troy Reader at linebacker can be huge. Um, how does the, how do the Rams defensively decide to play Jamar Chase with Jalen? You know, is is Jalen going to be following him? Is he not going to follow him? Is he going to play, say, a T. Higgins and they're going to double Jamar Chase? So that's a really interesting thing to watch. Um, Cincinnati specifically to their offense, and I think for the Rams defensively, it's uh, certainly back to the Jalen point. How many times do they decide to blitz Troy Reader? You know, and not put him in coverage because that's what they've done over the last four or five weeks to you know, minimize him. Um, how many batted balls do they get? I mean, if you're thinking as a defensive lineman, they're going to get this ball out quickly because they can't protect us. Well, let's, let's get our hands up. So I think that's a big conversation piece. Um, I think for the Rams offensively, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's fascinating because you don't know what Cincinnati is going to give you defensively. Cincinnati is a Rolodex of defense. Hey man, we do this one week. We do this the next week. We do this the next week. So you don't really know. Um, I, you know, Cooper Cup has got 25 catches in the postseason. Mike Hilton, the nickel corner for the Bengals, has given up three. Okay, so who wins that matchup is going to be huge. Who wins? You know, Mike Hilton is a huge part of this game. You know, and no one, everyone's talking Jalen Ramsey, as we should. Mike Hilton is a huge part of this game. Like, if he wins that matchup and slows down the best receiver in football production-wise this year, Bengals got a huge chance to win this football game. So, you know, that, that's a, a big conversation. I, I would imagine that um, I would say this Matthew is going to have to be perfect in his ball placement. You know, he's going to get a lot of man coverage, man coverage. That's the number one thing needed because people are closer to your guy, you know, so it's, it, that's got to be a huge deal. Um, I would imagine Sean comes out and is ultra aggressive downfield. Like I, I would, you know, let's push the ball downfield. And I think for the Bengals defense, it's, now, how often do they take guys like Sam Hubbard and move them off the ball and challenge the Rams plan? Because that's been something that has been really successful and it's really challenging when offenses or defenses do that to offenses. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of moving parts to the game, you know. Don, I think it's important for everyone watching this that the day before the Super Bowl to realize you've taken up maybe 20 minutes there on the week where you're in Disneyland with ESPN doing this. So thank you so much for your time. You've been extremely generous. At Dan Orlovsky7 on Twitter. And Dan, if you are commentating on uh, Northwestern Nebraska for ESPN in Dublin week zero in August, we'll buy you a few pints to say thank you. So, uh, thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Like, lock that in. Uh, I look forward to that.